Hi everyone, my name is Melissa, the host of the Mummy Warriors podcast. This podcast is based on topics that go on behind the world of parenting. Speaking of the unspoken, I upload an episode once a week on a Tuesday with a new topic every single week. I look forward to you tuning in. Hi and welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm your host Melissa and today I'm joined by Richard who is a mental health and substance abuse counsellor. He also is the author of the new book titled The Addicted Child, A Parent's Guide to Adolescence. Richard, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you Melissa, I appreciate the opportunity to be here to, to speak with you. No problem at all. So Richard, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do? Yes, I have uh, been in the mental health and the addictions field for over two decades. I started out uh, working at a mental health crisis center um, and then um, uh, moved on to accept a position with Menninger Clinic in Houston, Texas, which is a psychiatric hospital. And I worked for over a decade uh, with Menninger um, and I was treating both adults and adolescents who were diagnosed with uh, substance abuse disorders. After I left Menninger a little over a year ago, I set about to write a book to be a resource for parents on adolescent substance abuse to give them a roadmap and information that would help them be better informed on this very, very important topic of adolescent substance abuse. Drugs have evolutionized throughout the years. Um, You know, back in the 80s, I think it was like ecstasy in England and you know, the the different trends evolve as the years go on. What substances are being used today by teens? Well, teens are still gravitating towards marijuana and alcohol. Those are the two primary substances that we see teenagers using these days. But what has changed over the last few years in a rather dramatic way is what has been called vaping. Uh, where teenagers will take a substance and use an electronic device to turn it into a vapor and then inhale it into their lungs. And the two substances that they're vaping the most are nicotine and marijuana. And we've seen a tremendous increase in the number of teenagers who have turned to vaping over the last three years. For example, uh, three years ago, only about 9% of seniors were vaping marijuana. Today, it's it's 22 percent three years ago around 18 percent of teenagers uh, seniors were vaping nicotine today it's 34 percent of seniors so we've seen a dramatic increase in vaping uh, substances like marijuana and, and and nicotine there still is some use of of, of the more hardcore drugs like LSD and cocaine uh, but those are like three and four percent of of seniors uh, There still is some abuse of prescription drugs like Ritalin and Adderall, uh, some some use of over-the-counter medications, but the primary drugs still continue to be marijuana and alcohol. Right. I know there is a perspective that like marijuana is not really a drug. Um, I know I've heard that a hell of a lot. Um, What are teens' perspective on drugs 
and alcohol. When you ask them if they think drugs like marijuana and alcohol are harmful, uh, teenagers will overwhelmingly tell you that they don't think that these substances are very harmful. For example, um, if we ask them, do they believe that smoking marijuana regularly is harmful, only about 30% of seniors will say it's harmful. Um, And if we ask them, well, do you think having alcohol, one or two drinks every day is harmful? Only about 24% of seniors think having one or two drinks nearly every day is harmful. So adolescents um, do not believe that drugs like alcohol and marijuana are very harmful. I mean, I've definitely heard of that culture. I grew up in that culture that it's not really a drug, it's a plant, it comes from the earth, it's natural. (laughs) But it does, it actually does cause effects. And I know we spoke of about earlier um, in our pre-podcast meeting that even for parents that don't have teenagers this information would be important to them um, as their kids are getting older and even being aware of things to look out for and so forth how do you think that illicit drugs affects teens brains well the teenage brain the adolescent brain is uh, a, a, an organ that is developing throughout adolescence and even early adulthood our brains do not become fully developed until around age 24 or 25 so when we take an adolescent whose brain is in the process of maturing and growing um, and, and we start to introduce substances into that developing brain whether it's alcohol or marijuana or or other drugs we run the risk of doing some severe damage to that brain not only are they more vulnerable to become addicted to those substances but it can have some serious consequences in things like their short-term memory the processing speed of their brain uh, motivate uh, their ability to to think quickly on their feet their motor skills so all of these uh, brain activities can be depressed by introducing drugs into what is basically a developing maturing brain i mean obviously that's definitely important information because there's also been a rise of mental health Um, throughout the years and obviously I personally believe that there's a link with drug use marijuana the attitude towards marijuana and mental health they coincide together but one of the most important things that I I think that would be a great message is what can parents parents of teen preteens do to help steer their children away from using drugs and alcohol especially with peer peer pressure and growing up and, and wanting to do things that their friends are doing and experiment casually as well. I think the best thing parents can do is just become educated and informed about what's out there. Um, And that's really the reason why I wrote my book was to give parents the resources they need so that they are better informed about the drugs that kids are using, how these drugs affect the brain, what kind of assessments and tests are needed so that you get a good idea of what your child is doing and what resources are out there. So my advice to parents is become as knowledgeable as you can about these drugs uh, that are out there as early as you can. And that's why I wrote uh, my book to be a resource to help parents become better educated about the substances that, that are out there. And then the second thing is, regardless of whether your child is eight, nine, 10 years old, or 15, 16, or 17 years old, you can develop, you can begin to develop a solid 
good foundation and, and relationship with your child. You can learn some communication skills that will foster that, that type of relationship so that if your child is having difficulties or is tempted to use substances, they're not afraid to talk to you and you can approach them and you can have discussions about how drugs affect the brain and, and discussions that are more likely to help them become more knowledgeable and stay away from drugs. So two things you can do is become more knowledgeable about the drugs that are out there and about adolescent substance abuse. And number two, work on developing that solid foundation with your child so that they feel comfortable talking to you about the things that are going on in their life. I know there's a misconception that if you come from a wealthy background, that substance abuse and addiction isn't something that really would, a topic that would apply to you. What are your thoughts on that? There, there is uh, no child that is totally protected uh, from becoming captured by alcohol or drug use. There are protective environments, but no child is protected completely from, from being captured by alcohol or drugs, no matter you know, where they live urban, uh, suburban, rural areas, no matter what the income level of their families are, no matter what their background is, all children, all adolescents are vulnerable to becoming uh, caught up in alcohol or drug use. So my advice to parents is don't assume that your child won't be taking some type of substance. Uh, become knowledgeable, become informed, um, and, and don't assume that that your child, for whatever reason, is a child that's not going to be captured by, by substance abuse, because I have met with many, many parents when I have sat down with them and, and gone over their child's history of using alcohol or drugs and giving them and giving them a diagnosis, would often hear from parents statements like, I had no idea this was going on. Or if they had some suspicion that their child was using a substance, they would say things like, well, I knew this was going on, but I had no idea that it was this bad. So parents need to become aware of what's going on. They need to become educated and, 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 they, and, and they cannot really afford to assume that their child is going to be protected from exposure to alcohol or drugs because no child is completely protected. Absolutely. I completely agree with that, which also leads me on to the next, which I believe is a very important question. What are the warning signs? What are the things that parents need to look out for and explore deeper into? That That is such an important question um, that, that parents need to be aware of the warning signs. And I spent quite a bit of time in my book talking about what these warning signs are. And, and in my book, parents learn, well, what are the warning signs for marijuana? What are the warning signs for some of these other drugs? And, and even what are some of the warning signs for a child who, who might be uh, developing an eating disorder or who might be self-harming or might be uh, using a lot of video gaming? All of these warning signs are listed in my book. But as a general rule, what 
what I would recommend to parents, in addition to the specific warning signs that I have in my book, is, is to pay attention to any changes that you see in your child. These might be behavioral changes. They might be um, academic changes. They might be uh, changes in your child's appear appearance. Pay attention to any changes that you see in your child. Don't assume that the changes you're seeing is just normal teenage development. It might very well be, but it also might be an indication that there's something more serious going on. And the more of these changes that you see, the more likely that there's something going on underneath the surface. So pay attention to the changes that you see in your child, investigate them a little bit further. And then if you want to know what some of the specific warning signs are for drugs like marijuana or eating disorders or self-harm, those are listed in my book. And, and, and again, those are warning signs just from an education point of view, I think all parents should should have a base information of uh, of what these warning signs are. Great, I think that's definitely important to know. Another question I had for myself was, which I was curious about, what is the difference between a preteen or a child or a teenager who's just trying drugs and just trying alcohol? Do they necessarily need to seek treatment because they're experimenting because obviously I know it's inevitable that um, I believe that most young people try at least even if it's cigarettes um, or just a sip of alcohol just because a teen is experimenting do they necessarily need to well, well you know there is no one rule fits every situation and, uh, and, and, and if a child is using a substance um, you as a parent want to get a comprehensive assessment done. Um, uh, it, it may be that the child really um, has just been experimenting and, 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 and may not require uh, any type of treatment or, or, or anything other than maybe some counseling. Um, it really, you, you don't know as a parent uh, what the next steps should be until you have had a, a comprehensive assessment done. And my book describes the different types of assessment that a parent should should insist upon for their child. Once those assessments are done, and, and there's several different assessments that I recommend in the book, then as a parent, you'll be able to assess what kind of treatment if any, is needed for your child because uh, treatment is based on the specific diagnosis and needs of the child. And it could be anywhere from, you know, individual counseling to intensive type of counseling to residential treatment. The more serious the substance use, the more likely you're looking at some type of formal treatment for the child. But, but, you really don't know until you get a comprehensive assessment that gives you all the information, particularly the psychological information, because um, while not every child who's using a substance is doing it because of an underlying psychological issue like anxiety or depression, an awful lot of them are. Uh, almost all of the children that I worked with had an underlying psychological issue that they were using the substance to medicate. Um, and, and as a parent, you need to know whether or not that's the case. So uh, the type of treatment um, that will be required or recommended is based upon the assessment and the diagnosis that is, that, that's completed. 
And another question that I think is very important as well is are mental health issues associated with adolescence and drug abuse? Obviously, we spoke about um, the increase in mental health um, in general, but especially within the our young young people community. What what would be your opinion in that? That again is a very excellent question because with this pandemic that's going on through throughout the world. Uh, we are seeing both families and kids who are being dramatically affected by the pandemic. Kids are being torn away from their social environments. Uh, in many cases, they're at home trying to complete schooling. Parents are trying to juggle work and, 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 and at-home schooling. This pandemic has created a crisis in mental health. And what we are seeing with children and adolescents is, a, is an increase in the need for mental health care. Since the pandemic began, there's been a 24% increase in emergency room visits by grade school children. And there's been a 30% increase in it for teens who are urgently in need of mental health care. So mental health, I think we're just beginning to scratch the surface of, of the mental health needs that young men and women, teenagers are going to be needing. It's affecting things like their sleep, their their appetite, uh, their school performance, uh, excessive worry, irritability, um, aggression. Um, so we are seeing this pandemic in particular uh, have a dramatic impact on the mental health needs of, of, of adolescents. And, and it's also having an impact on um, some of the uh, compulsive uh, addictive behaviors that are in the process disorder category. Those are behavioral type of disorders, uh, specifically in video gaming. 70% of kids under the age of 18 uh, are own or on some type of console. And, and since the pandemic began in 2020, half of our children and teenagers are spending more than six hours a day online. That's a 500% increase over 2019. So the pandemic is also having an effect on some of these uh, compulsive behaviors like online gaming. As kids turn to online gaming to help them combat feelings of anxiety and depression and use it as an escape. So we're seeing all kinds of impact uh, on mental health and addictions as a result of this pandemic. So I guess with that being said, I'm sure your book has come at a very imperative time and definitely a, a useful tool for parents because obviously once this um, sort of lifts up a little bit, as you know, things are starting to lift up a little bit, the effects of after the pandemic may lead um, an increase in addictions and so forth. So with that also being said, I would love you to let our listeners know where they can find your book and um, so they can go ahead and use this as a tool to guide them with this sort of topic. Because obviously I know that not a lot of parents feel that they probably would need to, but I think it's something useful to have anyway, even as I said, for myself, I've only, my son is four, but it's something I could use as a tool and a parent can just have it, even if they don't suspect at that particular time, their child is having um, any sort of addiction issues. 
I think that's an excellent idea. And if your child is young um, and, 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 and not yet into uh, alcohol or drugs, um, uh, it's a good resource for you to have as a parent. Um, hopefully you will never need it, but if you do, uh, it's there as a resource and it will give you a good education about adolescent uh, substance abuse. Um, if, if, you, if you don't need it yourself, you may have another member in your family, uh, you may have a friend and uh, you can always uh, refer the book to them as well. But, but essentially, it's a good resource for you to become educated on this issue. The book is available in both electronic form for people who prefer to do their reading on a, on a reader. Uh, for those who prefer to have a paperback copy, it's available in paperback. Uh, and also, I wrote a parent workbook that's available. And I wrote this book to help parents because so many times parents are going through their own crisis. They're often under a lot of stress. They're wondering, well, what did I do wrong? How did right. I miss the how did I miss the warning signs? And they're going through a lot of anxiety and a whole bunch of issues. So I put together this short workbook that is intended to help parents work through all of these emotions. And it also has some tips on how they can handle anxiety and how they can develop better communication skills with their children. So I would encourage anybody to, uh, uh, to also get a copy of the uh, parent workbook. Both the book and the workbook are available on Amazon um, and also through the book's website. I would encourage people to go to the book's website. You can read endorsements. You can read book reviews. You can read a blog articles. Uh, you can contact me through the website and you can order uh, the book and the workbook. And you can get to the book's website by going to uh, www.helptheaddictedchild.com, helptheaddictedchild.com. Perfect, Richard. Thank you so much. And all of the details of Richard's book and website and help book will be in the description of the podcast. Richard, I want to thank you once again for joining the Mummy Warriors podcast. Um, it's been a pleasure and very informative as well. Thank you, Melissa. I appreciate you taking the time to speak with me. And I appreciate you uh, sharing your thoughts and uh, your comments uh, on this important issue. Um, uh, so I hope, uh, hope it will be uh, very valuable to all your listeners. And I really appreciate you taking the time to interview me today. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for joining this week's episode. Please feel free to subscribe. You can also leave a comment. I would love to hear what your points of views are. You can also follow me on Instagram at Mummy Warriors. And you can also have a chance to be a guest on the show by visiting my website www.themummywarriors.com. All details will be at the bottom of the podcast. Look forward to seeing you next week.